brethren, Brother Bob here again. This podcast title is Thank You, Lord, for Letting It Be Me Who Chooses to Walk the Talk. I would hope that most of you agree that it's a no-brainer, that the good Lord is pleased when his children do good works. You know, like helping orphans and widows, feeding the poor, going out into the world and preaching the gospel, loving your wife like Christ loves the church, etc., etc., etc. And yet... There are actually Bible-believing, born-again, blood-bought believers who think otherwise. There are actually believers in the church of the living God who teach and preach that a believer's good works, i.e. godly things that they do, are bad. And those believers who believe that, believe that because they don't take in the whole counsel of God's word before they speak. And that's why the scriptures warn these type of biblically ignorant believers who should not be teaching or preaching what little they do know about the Bible, that they will be held accountable for their unbiblical babbling at the judgment seat of Christ. So in this podcast, I want to encapsulate the biblical fact that not only are God's children responsible for choosing what kind of walk they have with the Lord, I'm also going to show you that a faithful, obedient believer's good works are not like dirty, filthy rags, i.e. disgusting, in God's eyes. So right up front, I'm going to be honest and let you know that this podcast is going to sound harsh and unloving, especially to... Any snowflake believers who are listening to it, because I'm going after these biblically ignorant believers who teach and preach this unbiblical malarkey with both barrels of the Bible, which is the Old and New Testament. And I'm going to be honest to let you know that my intentions for doing this podcast is to biblically destroy, out of love, those false teachers who believe and teach that when faithful, obedient believers do good works, those good works are similar in God's eyes, according to them, to dirty, filthy, disgusting, smelly rags. Again, let me reiterate what I just said. My intentions for doing this podcast is to biblically destroy the false teachers who believe and teach that when faithful, obedient believers do good works, those good works are similar to dirty, filthy, disgusting, smelling rags. And yes, there are actually believers in the church of the living God who will try to convince you that the Bible teaches that when a faithful, obedient believer does good works, The good Lord looks at those good works and sees them as disgusting, smelly attempts at pleasing him. I know. Isn't that concept simply asinine? It's sad that there's people who are allowed to teach that in the Christian church, but yet it's going on. So since these false teachers of the scriptures are upsetting whole families, spewing this evil, dark dribble out of their mouths, I must, because I'm commanded to do in scriptures, silence these false teachers who are upsetting whole families. Now, this podcast is going to be kind of like a four-part mini-series, so you'll have to pay attention because I'm going to I'm going to throw a couple other topics in this podcast later on. But again, I want to focus on a couple things that mainly in this podcast that believers are responsible for their walk with the Lord, and that the idea that when a believer tries to good works or try to do good things to please the Lord, that they're dirty rags is just a joke. I'm going to explain and expose that foolishness. Now, brethren, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not going to say everything right and and do everything right. My intentions are to please the Lord and to be biblically accurate. A lot of times, though, what comes out of your mouth, you know that if you're a teacher or preacher, what comes out of your mouth is not what your brain's thinking. So, again, even though I might not do this podcast perfectly, in fact, I know I'm not going to, I think I'm going to do a pretty good job of explaining stuff to you. If you're a believer who really loves the truth of scriptures, what I'm sharing with you is going to excite you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to bless you. If you're somebody who's not going to take in what I share with you, if you're going to ignore it, well, then you're ignoring the scriptures and you're just a biblical fool. I can't help you. Again, God can help ignorant people, but God can't help stupid people. If you choose to live your life as a biblically stupid believer, God can't help you. You're on your own. 
So let me start this topic by offering up just a few Bible verses that teach the very opposite of what these false teachers are saying about a believer's good works being bad. Colossians 1.10 So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to respect him in all ways, pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 Timothy 5, 9-10 A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not less than 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, and having a reputation for doing good works. 1 Timothy six eighteen. Timothy, instruct the believers to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Wow, there's two false doctrines shot down in this one verse. False doctrine one, believers can't choose to do good. And false doctrine two, a believer's good works are disgusting to God. Here's another verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Yeshua Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what do you false teachers who believe that a believer's good works are disgusting in God's eyes do with verses like these? Do you believe that the Apostle Paul is deceiving believers when he tells them that the Lord expects his children to be doing good works? Here's some more do good works or do good things verses. It says in Psalm 34, 14, turn away from evil and do good. It says in Psalm 37, 3, trust the Lord and do good. Psalm 41, 1, how blessed is a person who considers the helpless. I would think uh, helping the helpless is a good thing to do, wouldn't you? But, but that's not what these false teachers are teaching you. So I have some questions for you believers who think that when a believer does good works, they're disgusting in God's eyes. Is doing a good thing a good work or a bad work? Do you believe that it's a bad thing to do a good thing? Or is it just a bad thing to do a good thing when you're a believer? Now, I ask these questions sarcastically, hoping you hear how idiotic their reasoning is. Isaiah 117, learn to do good. Seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Do you believe that these things are good things to do? God believes they are. I guess you false teachers have to settle in your mind if a good thing is a good work or if a good thing is a bad thing. Now what I shared with you are just a few of the many Bible verses that clearly show that the Lord desires his people to do good things. Now being that the false teachers who teach this religious dribble that doing good works is bad are obviously not very biblically wise or brain smart, I wouldn't put it past them to say that doing good and doing good works are not the same thing. To which I say, I hope you're not that biblically or even intellectually stupid. Because if you are, only the good Lord is going to be able to rescue you from the pits of darkness that you're in. Anyways, let's continue on the topic here. Matthew 24, 45 through 47. A faithful, sensible servant is the one whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that faithful servant in charge of all that he owns. Now, I might not be a rocket scientist, but it seems pretty obvious to me that the master in this story, who is the Lord, by the way, thinks that it's a good thing and not a bad thing when he returns and finds that his servant, which is supposed to be us believers, has done a good job with the responsibility that he gave them. Please notice that the master, who is the Lord again, did not tell his servant, which is supposed to be us believers, that those good works you did, those good works are just disgusting in my eyes. He didn't say that. Why is it that most believers put the responsibility for another believer being carnal, i.e. choosing to do the wrong thing on that believer, and yet, mostly Pentecostally like believers say that when a believer chooses to do the right thing biblically, in God's eyes, it's not the believer who's doing it, but the Holy Spirit in them. 
Brethren, it's not biblically or intellectually logical to put the onus on a carnal believer for choosing to do the wrong things and then not credit the faithful believer for choosing to do the right things. I really think the believers who believe that doing good works is bad are not differentiating between those good works that people do to try to earn their way to heaven, which in light of Christ's sacrifice for sins don't look good at all, and those good works that believers do that are done from the heart. Here, let's see what's going on in Isaiah chapter 1. You'll see the Lord is upset with his people because his people's heart wasn't in what they were doing. They were keeping God's word. They were doing what they were supposed to do literally. They just weren't doing it with the right attitude. It says in Isaiah 1, 2-4, For the Lord speaks, The sons I have reared up and brought up, they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know me. My people do not understand my ways. Alas, what a sinful nation. People weighed down with iniquity. Offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from me. So in light of the fact that these are the type of carnal, rebellious believers that the Lord is dealing with this this time, this is what he says next, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 through 17. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of the fed cattle. I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me in a temple, who requires that you disgrace my court? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination unto me. Your new moon and Sabbath, the calling of the assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you multiply your prayers, I will not listen. Brethren, it was these good works that these believers were doing that were disgusting in the eyes of God because they were carnal rebellious, because they were going through the motion. They were coming to the temple, doing everything they were supposed to do biblically, but their heart wasn't in it. And on the sidelines, they were living in the world, living up their eyeballs in sin. So they didn't really have a repentant heart. So the Lord knew that. So this is why he was rejecting their good works, because their good works stunk, because it wasn't done righteously, sincerely, and with a repented heart. So again, those dirty works or them good deeds that the Lord thinks are disgusting in his eyes are those good deeds or good things that people do with the wrong motives. Happens all the time. Happens today. we got churches full of shepherds who are selling books and t-shirts and and trying to sell themselves uh, to their sheep by teaching soft and delicate Bible lessons instead of teaching the meat and potatoes of God's word. We had in the Old Testament, there was believers quite often who were living very carnal, rebellious lives, and, and yet they were still going to the temple and offering sacrifices. Well, the Lord was disgusted with those good works, those good deeds. He didn't see those as good. Again, it's because your heart has to be in it. The Bible says we need to Worship the Lord in spirit and truth, but we also have to do, it says, true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. True, the word true there means sincere. So sincere worshipers are going to worship in truth and spirit. We have a lot of people doing the truthful thing, but their heart's not in it. Now again, I'm not going to name names, but the world is full of churches that have shepherds and pastors who are spewing out this soft and tender Bible dribble. That's meant for baby Christians. These pastors and shepherds share this baby talk with these baby sheep because it tickles their ears. And even though they're standing in a church, it's supposed to be a church of a living God, God's not pleased with what they're doing. These men of God are avoiding teaching 
the deeper and the harder and the more double-edged truths of God's word because it knows that they know it'll offend people. These are the good works that disgust the Lord. The man of God who becomes a believer and is so convicted about lost souls, he sells his house, quits his job, takes his family of five, and goes off the middle of nowhere to share the gospel of Christ with lost people is doing a good thing. This is pleasing to the Lord. The Lord definitely doesn't look down at this righteous man of God and, and see that what he's doing is disgusting in his eyes. These are good things. When people do good things, God is pleased. I'll show some more of that. I've already shared some of that with you, but God is pleased when his people, or when any people, for the fact that matters, when any people do good things, it pleases the Lord. I'll touch on it a little bit more. But I can guarantee you that those firemen and policemen going up the stairs of the towers on 9-11 to try to rescue people were doing a good thing. God didn't look at that as being disgusting. It was a good thing they were doing. Unfortunately, for lost people, doing good things will not pay for your sins. Again, I'll expound on this a little bit later on. So again, so again, let me make this clear. The Lord is not disgusted by the good works that righteous believers do with a sincere heart, trying to please the God who died for them. That doesn't disgust the Lord at all. He's pleased with that kind of good works. What he's upset about, what disgusts him, is the people going through the motions of doing what he says without really wanting to do it. The verses that I read in Psalm 53 talks about the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. These verses are talking about the fool who refuses to seek after the things of the Lord. He talks about the fool who thinks because he's going to do things that are biblically correct, but his heart is not right, like he's going to please me. The Lord says, this guy's a fool. He, I know what's going on. These are workers of wickedness. They have no desire to please me. They're doing stuff as they go through the motions doing them. Again, we need to qualify this because in Psalm 53, it says the fool is the one who's doing no good. Not one single fool does a good thing in God's eyes, no matter what they're doing, going to church, reading their Bible, pretending to love the Lord, and all this kind of stuff. The fool is the one who's going through the motions. Those are the ones who are doing the work of wickedness that's not pleasing to the Lord. we got to get our heads wrapped around this. When the Bible says there is none who do good, not even one, he's not talking about everybody on the planet, people. you got to understand that. And how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me that. The Bible tells me that Solomon asked for wisdom, and the Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. Yeah, the Bible also tells me that Solomon's father, King David, was the man after God's heart. The Bible tells me that Asa, who was David's son, did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just like his father David, the Bible says. It says King Pekah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he did everything according to all his father Uzziah had done. The Bible tells me that Zechariah and Elizabeth were both doing what pleased what was pleasing in the sight of God as they walked blamelessly in all the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. So it's possible for belie- for believers to be doing things that are God-honoring. You have these people out there in the church that think it's not possible for somebody who's an unbeliever to do things that please God. That's just ridiculous. In fact, I'm not going to give you a list, but a lot of people in this world do great things. Um, and it's not going to help them in eternity if they don't get born again. But Cornelius was a good example. He was an unbeliever, and yet he loved the Lord through his prayers and his alms, and and just I'm sure he was a testimony to all those other unbelievers around him, even though he didn't know the Lord yet. He was doing the right thing in God's eyes, and eventually the Lord saw that, and he sent Peter to him so that Cornelius could hear the gospel message. The idea that it's not possible for believers to choose to do things that please the Lord is simply idiotic. 2 Corinthians 5.9, Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to the Lord. Philippians 4.18, 
But I have received everything in full and have abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7.32 But I want you women to be free from concern. The one who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how they may please the Lord. Colossians 1.10 So that ye may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respect, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. I mean, I could go on and on and on with stuff that shows that we can do things that please the Lord. Brethren, doing things that please the Lord is a righteous work in God's eyes. The whole reward system is built around believers doing the right things in God's eyes. Now, our main motivation for doing things for the Lord should not be to get rewards, because then we, we would be doing them for the wrong reason. Again, there's nothing wrong to know that if we are doing these things which please the Lord, that we will receive a reward. There's nothing wrong with having that idea in your mind. But our motivation for doing the things that please the Lord should be the fact that the creator of the universe hung on nails and died to save our sorry butts from hell. Hebrews 13.6, do not neglect doing what is good and sharing, for with such things the Lord is pleased. 1 John 3.22, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Okay, let's get this settled, people. Doing things that are pleasing in God's sight are a good thing. And a good work is a good thing. Again, brethren, this isn't rocket science stuff. I know most of you get this, but there's just amazes me how they're out there in the church that there's these people who sincerely believe just the opposite. First Corinthians three eight. The believer who plants and the believer who waters work together for the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Yeah, I got that for their own hard work. First Corinthians three goes on to say, any believer who builds on that foundation of Christ may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on the judgment day of Christ, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. The work we're talking about is the good work. The good work that's pleasing to the Lord. Church, listen to me. The good Lord said, Christ said, apart from me, you can do nothing. What Christ did not say is that I'm going to do everything for you. Okay, If you want to do things that are God-honoring, you need to be abiding with the Spirit. Uh, trust me, churches are loaded with people going through the motions. Churches are, are headed by shepherds who simply went to some Bible seminary and got a piece of paper that says they're a pastor, and they're running a church like a business. Their heart's not in it. They're a hireling. Their work's going to get burnt up. The Christian bookstores are full of self-help books that have nothing to do with the Bible. Those works are going to get burnt up. They're not a good work. If you're not following biblical principles, the stuff that you're teaching or preaching is religious gibberish. Here's some Old Testament verses which show that believers can't please the Lord. In spite of what people tell you that any good works or good things that people do are disgusting in God's eyes. That's just foolish. Here we go. Numbers 14.8. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. 1 Kings 3.10, it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked for wisdom. I shared that before, but it's important. Psalm 69.30, I will praise the name of our God with song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than any bull or ox that I offer at the temple. Psalm 104, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being, while I exist. Let my meditation be pleasing to the Lord. 
Proverbs 16, 7, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isaiah 56, 4, Thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose to do what pleases me and hold fast my commandments, to them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than that of my sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. And finally in Malachi 3, there's a great story in there. It says, Then those believers who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. And in his presence, a special scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those believers who feared him and always thought about honoring his name. They will be my people. They will be my special people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On that day when I act in judgment, they will be my special treasure, and I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. The Lord definitely wasn't looking down at these faithful believers and seeing that what they were doing was disgusting in his eyes. Give me a break. What these believers in Malachi's day were doing was a good thing in God's eyes, and not a bad thing. Now with all these New Testament and Old Testament verses that show we can definitely please the Lord by what we do, do you understand now that when the Lord said, there are none who do right. He was talking about the group of fools he was looking out on or the rebellious, disobedient children of his who were going through the motions and trying to do the things that pleased him. In fact, one of the most abused Bible verses in the world, especially around the Christmas time, is Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God on the highest and on earth peace among men. Now that's usually where that verse always stops. You see the plaques, you see the signs, you hear people repeat it, but that's not what the verse says. The verse says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace with men with whom he is pleased. The good Lord wouldn't tell us that if we couldn't do it. And I share this a hundred times on my podcast over the years. Brethren, you need to understand that simply getting or being born again at some time in your life is not the end all of pleasing God. Yes, the Lord is pleased when somebody gets born again, but that's just the start of our long journey to walk with the Lord in a manner which pleases Him. It's that long walk journey that we have where we earn rewards, earn the Lord's blessings and praises because of our faithfulness, not because we were simply born again. At the end of Apostle Paul's journey, he didn't say, Thank God I'm born again. No, he said, You know what? I fought the good fight, I finished the course. I ran the race. I'm ready to go home. The Apostle Paul had walked the talk all his earthly days. Now, he didn't do it perfectly. If you read Romans chapter 7, you'll know he has the same struggle we have, but he dealt with his sin, and he kept moving forward, and he didn't let carnal, worldly, snaky, snowflakey believers discourage him from doing what God wanted him to do. So I want to reiterate that any blood-bought, born-again believer who actually thinks that God sees the good works that his faithful, sincere children do as being bad or unrighteous or as filthy rags is either completely deceived or doesn't understand what they're saying. One of the main reasons why Christ was so disappointed by his followers is that they heard him speak, but they weren't doing what he said. Mr. Believer, who professes to believe in the Bible, what do you define good works as? After hearing all the viable verses about believers doing good things, doing righteous things in God's eyes, do you think that a God-honoring person who does good works is still doing stuff that God thinks is disgusting? Brethren, righteous good works are a good thing to do. Unrighteous good works are a bad thing to do. So again, that means that any good work that's being done, that's seen by the Lord as being pleasing, must be a righteous work. 
And a righteous good work is a good work. Don't you think? I'll put my head on the line here and say that helping orphans and widows is a good work to do because the Lord commands his children to do that. Helping the poor is a good work to do because God tells us to do that. Believers who consider doing good deeds to be a bad thing must believe that it's bad to help widows and orphans. Now, I just said that sarcastically. The Bible tells us that God saved us so that we could do good works. I mean, good works for who? For ourselves? No, for him. So why on God's green earth would the Lord save people so that they could do these good works for him, only to consider those good works that we do as dirty rags? You brethren who foolishly believe that our Heavenly Father sees the good works that his obedient children do as filthy rags need to be smarter than this. For you believers who think this way, what do you consider to be a good work? Are there any good works that a believer can do that you would consider good? I've already shown you many, many Bible verses which clearly show that the Lord can be pleased by a person's good works. What's really sad about believers who have this warped view that it's foolish to try and do good works is that many of these people also believe, foolishly, that the Lord doesn't even want his children trying to do good works. Again, Ephesians 5.10 commands believers to learn those biblical things which please the Lord. Why, oh why, oh why, oh why, would the Apostle Paul tell believers to learn those things that please the Lord with the understanding that if they learn those things which please the Lord, that they would do them? Why would the Lord tell people that he wants you to learn the good works so that you could do the good things if he saw your good works as filthy rags? I mean, just think about it. It's just, it's just sad that people have this view. So you want to dwell with the Lord in eternity? You better be doing some good works. I did a whole three or four part podcast on kingdom rewards. You need to listen to that because getting born again is not a guarantee that you're going to be in God's kingdom and getting rewards and blessings. Listen to what it says here in Psalm 15.1. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those children of yours who walk with integrity and work righteousness. That would be doing things that are good, righteous things, and speaks truth in their heart. Those who do not slander with their tongue, nor do evil against their neighbor, nor take up a reproach against their friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. Those who keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who do not borrow money at interest, nor take a bribe against the innocent. Those children of mine who do these things will never be shaken. Would you say that choosing to do the things mentioned in this chapter are good things to do? Would the Lord consider any of his children who choose to do these things good deeds? Or does he, as some of you believe, look at those good deeds that people try to do as filthy rags? Doesn't make much sense, does it? I could go on and on and on with Bible verses that so that it's possible for God's people to do things which please the Lord. And not only that, he asks us to do things which please him. And again, if he was to ask us to do things that please him, it would be very hypocritical of him to ask us to do things that please him, only to tell us what you're doing is disgusting in my eyes. So I think I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to get into similar ideas, but a few different things in the next podcast, dealing with rewards and serving the Lord and, and choosing to serve the Lord and and uh, so pay attention, take notes, uh, get a hold of me if you need to, brobob, number four, him at gmail.com. I, I thank you for all the listeners I have. Again, I'm doing my best to send out a good recording. Um, I'm yelling at people at the other end to make sure it sounds nice and clear because when I send it to them, it does. But again, uh, remember, I, I love Christ because he first loved me. So um, stay in your word, people. The only way you're going to know and separate tr- biblical lies and biblical fairy tales from biblical truth is to know your scriptures. 